Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com This is Everything is Personal with Len May. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Everything is Personal. Were you doing another pause now? There was a oh. in, in, was in the beginning of the excited. intro. We well, I mean, you that. know, it, I the guys he, with the pause. I thought he was getting into his Tito's. <laughs> yeah, that was me just right. crutching a bag. Well, under I my... didn't even introduce you. As always, my wonderful co-host, the beautiful John Small. Now you can applaud yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here. we got a great show today, man. George Sadler's in the house. I know. George, uh, welcome to the show. You have Thanks. a long intro. Co-founder of Vista Prime Management, House of Platinum, host of the amazing PV Unfiltered, the number <laughs> yeah. one podcast in the universe. And uh, certainly in the cannabis else? space. <laughs> No, I don't know. I don't know how that whole thing got elongated out. Let's just say co-founder of PV. Then we're good. Cool. I got to tell you, before we get going on this, I was on your podcast. You were gracious enough to invite me. and I was super grateful. And it was so much fun. And your your production was great and everything. So here, like lower your expectations by a lot. Yeah, this You'll is really amateur hour, man. Yeah, we're not even close to it. Oh, listen, I, I mean, I, I appreciate that, but it's the same. Does it doesn't matter where you're at? It's just it's just having fun. <laughs> so you were saying before we got on, you were you were mentioning uh, Tommy Chong. So you had Tommy on your show, right? Very recently. Yeah, yeah. So I had him on. I had him on probably five months ago. And we, you know, if you've ever watched any of our podcasts, we like to do little fun stuff in the beginning here and there. Such a blast, and the guy is the sweetest guy in the world, and always has been one of those ones for me that that. Um, it's like a pinnacle, I think, you know, is in some in the cannabis world, um, grew up with that. Uh, it was fun. And then to have him on a second time was that was that was amazing. Yeah. And such yeah. a blast. So you guys, you got to you got to see it. The guy is the funniest guy outside of anything you've ever seen. Just talking to him in the stories uh, we went on for, you know, the first time we we were two and a half hours. Whoa. Um, You're like the Joe Rogan. The first time. And, uh... Okay. He's, he's amazing. He the, the the weird thing is like you mentioned uh, somebody that's within our age bracket. We grew up with uh, Cheech and Chong, and uh, and I I saw them you know perform live many times. I actually did uh, Tommy Chong's DNA test, and he was doing a show 
and he was trying to explain the results and he was like, man, it's right on. And then he, during the live show, he had me come on and sit next to him and explain everything to him wow. uh, to the audience. It was pretty cool. And then afterwards I, I brought my original Cheech and Chong record. I had a, my vinyl. Oh, and you I did. walked up to him and I was like, I never ever ask anybody. And John knows I, I, Sometimes I have some. Oh, you've asked me for a lot, but anyway. Yeah, well, besides John, (laughs) uh, very important. Uh, But I asked people. I never asked for, and I said, "Can you sign this?" And he lit up, and he was just because people don't walk up with albums usually and ask him to sign it. Yeah, from back in the day. And he started telling me about stories and how this album and and he goes back in the day. uh, You see the back of the picture on there. It has us dressed like old people. Uh, it were young guys trying to look old. Now we're old guys trying to act uh, and look young. So <laughs> he's a he's a character, man. That's great. He man. is. He's he's so much more than what you see. I mean, I'm I'm super, you know, lucky to get to know him on the level that 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 I do. And every time, it's just the stories that he has, the the memory and detail. He's yeah. detail of memory from all the way back. I mean. Literally, the wait, just some of the stories on this episode are so far beyond funny. It just like we were laughing the whole time. And I wanted to talk about his brand. I wanted to talk about, yeah. you know, where he was going and whatnot. And finally, we were able to squeeze some of that in. Yeah. But I'm telling you, he's, he's you just get a call from Paris saying, you didn't mention the, my dad's brand and all that stuff. <laughs> Paris actually walked behind him. And then he starts a story about right. the fact that. Him and Paris had the Chong and Chong podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, he's not. like, he's like, you know, Paris, he goes, Paris just doesn't have what he has. And, you know, that's just, it's one of those things. And he's just yeah. like, not yeah. that he's embarrassed of him, but it's probably the same reason that Cody <laughs> won't come on and do podcasts. Yeah. I can't even get my anymore. kids to listen to my podcast. So forget yeah. it. Well, the funny thing is with the kids, like no. you were saying, Cheech and Chong, like our generation, I talked to my daughter who's 16. And she knows Tommy Chong from anyone? The 70s show. Oh, from from, oh, uh, from uh, that 70s show. And she's like, well, he's uh, that annoying was, guy in the 70s show. Like, but he's also no. he's also on the cartoon. Um, yeah. yeah, kids always like their references are always like, oh yeah, that's a that's a song that they just brought back up on TikTok. Like my my daughter knows <laughs> Billy Joel yeah. because all of a sudden there's a TikTok meme about Billy Joel, and so now she wants yeah. to listen to Billy Joel records. I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or that they were on, um, you know, World of Warcraft or something like that. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, TikTok is bringing back all these old songs too because I know uh, my they daughter does all the time. She's listening to them like, how do you know this song? Zanzibar from Billy Joel, like the most. That's deep cut. <laughs> Crazy stuff happening, and this is this is one of those things that you know when you talk about. And I don't know where we're going, but I love this. <laughs> when you talk about when you talk about the fact that what TikTok was and what it's doing now, right? And the things that the, the the music and the 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 genres from way back these these people and girls and every they're dancing to these songs they don't even know where this song came no from idea. right yep. i love it but yet it's become they're becoming main hits again yep. again and this is just from tiktok yeah it was funny because what well, first tiktok was musically right so it came out as musically so my yep. daughter was little and we would do these little silly skits and i was like okay whatever with this now it's TikTok and they are all on it. Every single one of them is on it, making those TikToks and, and getting reintroduced to this. Uh, are this you music. on it? Is PV yeah. unfilled? Filled? I mean, I know it's. Yeah, yeah, we, we are. are. That's awesome. We are on it. 
And we should, John, we should make an, uh, I don't think we do a good job of it though. Yeah. I don't really, it's hard one because unless you're on it and understand the platform really well, you probably don't, you know, you you have to, you know, it's different than all the other platforms. Right. So it's like, and I feel like, you know, it's definitely my kid's universe. Certainly my daughter who's 11, that's her universe. TikTok. My son is more of a YouTube guy. He's 15. My daughter. So my wife and I are, (laughs) we're on TikTok. Um, you are, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can go on. I'm going on right now. Um, no, no. Uh, just do it now, John. <laughs> Please share. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we're we're, uh, we're on. TikTok. Now, what are you talking about? They're doing TikToks, man. They're playing music and doing a dance, right? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. It's one of those things. I I tried to get our our team for some reason. I can't get them to get on, and 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 I keep telling them like this is literally the wave of the future is what's happening on TikTok in so many different ways. Right. So I'll just give you a one quick breakdown. This is my first TikTok. Oh, <laughs> he was a baby. <laughs> All right, let's, what, let's yeah. John, you want to explain it? <laughs> yeah, so I'm narrating it's you in a on a, with a little person's body or you, you're a huge head. Your head is about t- two times as too That's big mini your me, body. It's it? mini me. I That was the very first one I because I kept hearing about and, and I walked in the office one morning and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do one just to do it. Funny, man. I had no clue. I think I ended up with a hundred thousand views. It's so <laughs> funny. Amazing. It's, it's just so silly. The exposure, Glenn, you gotta do a TikTok. That's the, that's the secret. I'm, I'm telling you, man, I'm well, just not this a company should do TikTok. I mean, if they don't, I know, work. but yeah. So my friend told me, he goes, uh, uh, I was talking to him and I tried to make a joke of some sorts. He's like, you know, funny is not your thing. He goes, sciencey stuff and cannabis is your thing. Funny is not your thing. So I'm that's not messed up thing. because yeah, I think right. you're probably a pretty funny I don't like guy. That. I don't like that. <laughs> I already don't like him too. Yeah, exactly. Hey, who is that guy? Yeah, I know my best friend. Guy. He's no longer my friend after this. Yeah. That's it. You guys. <laughs> Everything well, is personal. I, I'm with you on that one. I'll step right. into that friend spot. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I have some questions for you. Uh, okay. So all the f- fun and we'll continue to have fun uh, with this, but oh, is this, this is, where all part. This is no when I put fun. on the this sad music. serious part. Yeah. I'm going to put on the John, sad music now. Music, please. Anyway. No, I'm just curious because you're really like an inspiration for a lot of people uh, in the industry, but also this whole thing of this green rush, like people are getting in and are like, Oh, you know, I'm going to be uh, a multimillionaire in this. Mm-hmm. I just want people to understand because you know, you have a certain level of success and it doesn't happen overnight. And it's a very, very, very difficult industry to kind of break through. So maybe you can kind of give people a quick overview of, you know, your sort of trials and tribulations and how you're able to start from where you came from to where you are now. So people can relate to that. No matter how you look at it, I didn't come from money. I didn't have a rich family, silver spoon life by far. I lived in a Volkswagen for eight months. I lived in a, in a literally in a motel with my mom for um, about a year and a half. But no matter how you look at this, it's not an easy road. I think what I found was something that I just was really passionate about. And, and, and there's a lot of luck involved in that. But then the amount of work, and if you guys, you guys know this, and it doesn't, the amount of work that you put in to something that you really enjoy that's where it pays off. And I appreciate everything that comes my direction. Uh, my son has been in the weirdest way. He's been probably outside of my dad, my biggest inspiration and my partner for almost 12 years now, but it's not an easy road. 
it's a tough one and the work that you put in it definitely pays off but it's not quick i mean i can tell you it's not quick and yeah you know we you know our path has been we started in cultivation delivery service stores manufacturing and branding and that you know and that's happened and we've been really diligent about keeping this company on the right tracks not getting too crazy at all as far as money and you know we were fortunate that that um in all this time where people are selling these companies in cannabis and, and everything is overinflated and you see the companies, you know, select sold a year and a half ago for a billion. And, and then that didn't end up going through. It ended up selling, I think for 200 and something million and it's all stock and it's all paper. We feel like we did a really good job with partnering red, white, and bloom was on Google, which was amazing. Um, the stock is going crazy which is great, but they're a very um, liquid company. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not spending money on things uh, very, they're not crazy on that. And that's, that's the big thing for us is, is to partner with somebody like that. So there's no rich overnight, very fortunate. We did really well in the sale of, of PV and being able to stay on and, and run the company. Right. Um, I mean, I just have to say we uh, we've, for the last four months consecutively uh, we've had our biggest months ever. And we just, uh, just last month, we broke the 160 million mark just for PV alone. So I, I don't know how, how we want to go about this, but we're in the beginning phase of this guys. I've spent, you know, two hours here today talking with people. If you're not excited about being in cannabis, then get out of it because this is, I don't care on what level anybody is even just talking about it. This is such an exciting adventure for anybody in cannabis, whether you're touching plant or um, branding, if you're not excited about it, it's just not the place for you to be. I wake up every morning, my son wakes and we work every day. It doesn't matter how much money you have. And, And this is where I truly understand it. Now, when somebody says, you know, if you enjoy what you do, the rest of it will happen. And, and, and I can tell you every day I'm up, I'm in the office, usually just before six and I'm excited. Like I, I, I cannot wait to see where this is going. Yeah. I love the passion. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head too. You were saying, and there's a lot of people are getting in the cannabis industry now and you have, you have your, you know, OGs who may have been in the illicit market before and, you mm-hmm. know, did whatever they did. And, you know, I'm definitely one of those uh, people yep. as well. Uh, you we all are. Do. And, uh, and, but you have a passion for it and you have all these other people are coming in, uh, you know, this, the suits of wall street and trying to take our industry. And, and there's also a space for that, but the passion is different. Like they, yeah. some of them don't even consume cannabis or never did. Right. They're passionate about the business opportunity of it. Oh, you know, you can create a, you know, a hundred million dollar billion dollar company from this. Great. But are you connected to the, the movement? I think, and there is a, there's definitely a passion for, for that, that, that I see as a common thread between people like yourself who are willing to get up in the morning, go to work and are excited and super, super appreciative. Like I pinch myself every day. I'm like, I cannot believe I always right. dreamt about it. I'm like, what if I could make money like being in the cannabis space where <laughs> I don't have to worry about getting busted? Like, uh, you know, my friends know. getting all that shit. And, you know, you can talk about that too, if you want. But uh, now, oh, you know, I don't, our company doesn't touch the plant, but still, 
it's like, wow, I am in the cannabis business and I'm there every day and I'm pinching myself. I cannot believe that this is happening because if I look back 20 years ago, I'm like, shit, I was in the cannabis business too, but I wasn't in the same cannabis business as I am now. So right. there's definitely a commonality of that passion. I mean, sure. people, should, people don't know George's story. It's an incredible story. And I, I've had the good fortune of having him you know, featured in Green Entrepreneur and, and on the podcast. So I, I did, I definitely had a, a little bit of insight into this story. But, you know, when you talk about, you just like breezed over, yeah, we used to have delivery service. I mean, you guys were like hustling in the beginning. <laughs> I mean, basically, can you explain, you and your son, Cody, were delivering, you were like taking orders by the phone. You were pretending that you were like a dispenser. Like, just tell the story because it's crazy. Like in their right. early days. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, and Cody and I, we not that we don't have the time, but when when we're we're together all the time, we literally live next to each other. We're like we're always together, and we try to keep those things separate as much as possible. You know, we have kids and grandkids and and stuff like that. And the other day, we were kind of just kind of talking about it and said, "Man, do you know? Do you think you could do it again?" And that was a question <laughs> that I had to sit back and go. Like, wow, I never really thought about it. It made me, it actually made me really nervous in my stomach to think about it because it was almost as if someone was saying that you had to go back. <laughs> it's just a weird feeling. You're like, no, please don't make But you know, when, when we started, um, you know, once again, we, we, we started cultivating, but we couldn't, our first cultivation, very first, we couldn't sell because there wasn't a lot of brick and mortar in Southern California. It was mostly delivery service at that time. Anybody that we call wouldn't buy from us because they thought we were cops. We couldn't go anywhere to give it. We didn't have any connections in that realm or that world. So we started a delivery service. And once we really took off, yeah, Cody and I, for one year, almost to the day, seven days a week, for one year, we never did anything but deliver. And in that year, we went from doing zero to 80 to 100 deliveries a day, hmm. every day. the two day. of you. And then eventually you hired some more but, people. No, no, well, well, the two of us started. Yeah. And within about the first within about the first two to three months, we brought one of one of Cody's friends on, and he started driving. And then we brought another person on, and he started driving. So we ended up with 12 drivers. And then we had uh, a girl in the office. And, you know, we had a little, little office. And this is all, you know, he, this is all black market. You know, this yeah. is it's a black market, but this is when you're, you're, you're under the other direction that you could only go under, which is the caregivers act, you know? And so with, with that top two fifteen SB 420, all that stuff compliant. And so we, you know, we did as much as we could, but listen, we had drivers getting pulled over all the stuff getting taken. You always had to worry about being followed back to your delivery site. Um, You know, robbed i you know i was robbed at gunpoint um i was robbed at knife we had guys that were robbed at knife wow and gun i mean listen i i these are things that i never imagined but when you're standing there to do a delivery and you have somebody with a gun in your chest and um, they knocked out the other delivery driver like there's just a lot of those things that you know i'm so grateful that a lot of people will never that they will never have to but that path they won't have to experience that because of legalization at yeah. the level that yeah. we are. But, you know, I was, I was raided once we had our new shop, we were raided there. I went to jail for a night. They raided both of our houses, uh, you know, all this stuff. And that time was real fortunate for us that it happened at that time, because at that point, the only way they were really getting any 
convictions on people were taxes and money laundering. So a year to the day after we got raided and they took all of our stuff, they took my car, they took my motorcycle, Hmm. you know, they, there was a lot of things that went on. We got everything back. Um, uh, No charges were filed. And that was kind of the, the beginning of that era of where they said, listen, let the States handle their own business. We're going to step back. If the municipalities want it, they'll have it. They'll write the ordinance for it. If they don't, then, you know, they'll handle that as well. But um, we would deliver every single day. We had a phone number that rang to both of our phones. Mm -hmm. And if you called up and, and it was nature's leaf, if you called up, I would be driving or Cody would be driving and you would have on weed maps, the menu. Yeah. And I had a metal clip. We each had metal clipboards and I would answer and say nature's leaf. And, and you think I was in an office and you say, Hey, you know, I'm looking for this, 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 well, let me check with the staff and see what we have in the back. You know, meanwhile, you're like on I was the five. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> in this big warehouse, you know, yep. and I'm sitting in my car yeah. and then Cody would call and say, Hey, did you get that call? Because it would ring to both of our phones. Yeah. And then after that, my wife would get off of work and she would come home at, five o'clock the phone transferred to her phone she would then pack all the orders and we would just be driving and she'd have them staged as we got back and and then as we grew of course we we grew into another location where we ended up with an office and then had more delivery guys and you know and we took it from there and then eventually we started our first store in oceanside within six months of that we had a store in pacific beach chula vista and la mesa when I say this, this is, this is the great opportunity that, that we had. Once again, we, we never had a loan from anybody. We didn't have a bunch of money sitting in a bank account. We parlayed every dime that we made, we parlayed back into our business and we bet on us. Mm-hmm. And we built that company almost 12 years ago from two motorcycles, actually three, because my son sold two of his and I only, I only had one. Yeah. And we built yeah, that, that company. Yeah, the motorcycle. Yeah, that's the truth. I, I, I love was, that story. It, and it was it was six flights in our garage, yep. and we built that company from zero to now. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. just sold part of the platinum vape side of it, but you know, we're we're 150, 160 million dollar. Co- it's fucking. It's mind boggling. It's mind. Like I, I still can't. Yeah, it, it, I still can't. I don't understand. I do, but I, it, it's unimaginable. And that's why, and it's not the money side of it. It's really truly is. I can tell you this, that I've never, I've been in a lot of other businesses. I've never been so passionate about something and had so much fun. And I think the truth too is doing it with my family Yeah, has been the the, the biggest blessing. Yeah, my son more- and I are partners. Yeah. And, and then my other son and my daughter are also in, and they run Michigan. It's, it's crazy. It's so interesting. We have such a parallel story too, because uh, I used to have dispensaries, uh, five of them, and mm-hmm. we got rated the same exact thing and all that stuff. And then we had a delivery service called Lit California, and my my one of my partners was an Uber driver, Uber X. So in so we had our cases in the trunks of Uber drivers and between driving people, (laughs) they were going to deliver. Shit. I could have been making money delivering people and weed. (laughs) That's, that's what we're doing. We're like, Hey, and then we had some, uh, and there was a, I don't don't know if this person will mind us saying, but we would, he would drive Uber X. So we had some celebrities every once in a while that would pull in and the guys would sit there like uh, John Mayer was one of them. He would smell, smells like weed in the car. Mm -hmm. Really? (laughs) 
and they would give him a card. He was like, be happy about that. John Mayer is not. Yeah. (laughs) John Mayer is known to partake. I'm just saying, yeah. Yeah. I don't think everybody is mentioning public about it. Yeah, for sure. But I I love that story, man. So inspirational. I think one of the keys that that I see in common, it's being able to have different risk tolerance. Not a lot of people are going to do what you did. I mean, they think it's easy. They're going to come in now. But through that time under, you know, Prop 215, all that stuff, there's a lot of risks, man. The feds would come in, uh, the mm-hmm. cops. We had people, we had cops that came into our shop, told everybody to go outside. They're raiding our, our shop. Yeah. They took all the weed off the counter, took the money out of the register, took the flat screen TV off the wall and left. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, we're going to, we're not going to call the cops, but they basically like took our shit. What are you going to do? Oh, I, yeah. I got everybody. Everybody has those stories. And really quick, we had, um, we had three stores in Detroit uh, and true story. We, um, Cody and I were heading over or we, we had been to, the, I think we had been to the store. There was about 60 or $70,000 in the safe. And so we had pulled the money out of the safe and we had left and we were going to the other store. And all of a sudden we get a notice that the store's being raided. So we're watching on the cameras and these guys come in and the only thing, all the products that are there, they grab only the jars of flour hmm. and they dump the jars. It's like, it's, it's fucking robbery by the police. They dump the jars of flour in bags, yeah. empty the jars. Yeah. Then they go back to the safe room mm-hmm. and you know, in Detroit, we were smart about keeping product off site right. because that's what we, we, we always called it taxation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so it always reminded me of Robin hood with, you know, as they would come in and, and, and take your, your stuff and they go back to the safe and we're watching this on the cameras right. and we're talking with the manager and they get out there, they've got, uh, you know, drills and this is a 4,000 pound safe. And they're trying to take, uh, you know, a drill one, there's, they snapped a, a pry bar trying to open it. So then we told the manager, just give them the code. And we have it on video. There's like six, eight Detroit police officers hunched in this little corridor where we had this safe and the cameras literally we had on each side. And so he goes in and says, here's the code. They had actually knocked off the keypad. So he's like, he hits it because it's just hanging by a wire. They open up this safe and it was like the whole room just drained because they thought, yeah. I, these guys truly really believed it was like were, Al Capone's pay, vault. Pay that exactly. the and, and my son, my son had left like 21, $1 bills in the, back, in the back of the safe. It's your lucky day. 21 blackjack. <laughs> and he, and the one guy, he reaches down and they're all like, you can see that there's nothing on the top shelf. He reaches down. He grabs because the look on their faces. That's yeah. classic, and they, and, and, I swear to you, they walked out the store. Nobody got arrested. Nope. Other products were taken. The gummies, the chocolates yeah. and the, all the other stuff. It was all left. They just took the flour. They thought they were getting cash and they left and that was it. Yeah. So the very next day, the very next day we were open again hmm. and <laughs> the Metro PCS store next to us had this crazy guy that once in a while they'd come and have to hook, hook him up. He was literally right next door and he would sell, he'd come to us He'd buy our weed and then sell it out of his Metro PC, PCS store. Oh my God. Of course. <laughs> so next thing you know, I get a phone call. They're back. 
They're raiding us again. Cops pull up. Ends up that they're taking this guy. Oh, wow. <laughs> our store was open. Our security guard was standing in front. The same security yeah. guard that was there the night before. One of the cops was the same exact cop. And he goes, oh, man, you know, he goes, nope, not here for you. We we're wide open. People yeah. going in and out. They hooked up the guy at the Metro PCS store and left. And that store stayed open. It's crazy these times and how this is moving forward. Yep. Um, and, and and I'm so happy to be on the legal side of this. And, and you know, we're not out of the clear yet, but I think for the most part, you know, um, we're really close. Yeah. But how fortunate are we to be sitting here? I mean, I'm sitting, it's amazing. I pinched myself. That's why I, said, I, w- I was telling some of my old partner from my shops. I was like, holy shit, we're still here. How many times could we have been dead uh, yep. in jail? You name it. Because I had a buddy of mine, legal, like, you know, California legal, uh, who was actually making delivery uh, with a legal distribution delivery license. And he got a bag of cash for whatever delivery he made. As soon as he got in his car, two cars pulled up, closed him in. One guy came out, hit him in the head with uh, his gun, uh, busted his nose, took the money, took off. So until banking is, uh, I mean, it's is, that's it's, just still going to have that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Everybody has a story about but cash. I'm so business, glad you where told, they're hiding the cash. Yeah, yeah. I'm just so glad you told that story because I just want people to realize how far we come and the amount of stress. That you have to go through to run this business. Yes, you're making money. Yes, it's cash. Yes, it's passionate. But you're always looking over your shoulder every single day and night as well. Yeah. You know, so I, I'm. You know the uh, things that the things that everybody takes for granted. You know, I mean, I had to educate my wife, um, and, and and make sure that everybody understands when 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 we drive home, we have to make loops around the block yeah. we make a couple yeah. extra trips. that's the god's honest truth it yeah. is so normal for us and people don't understand that and i've had people that have followed me yeah. and i and, and i'm nervous i'm thinking that they are following me to my house mm. and then you find out no it's a neighbor down the street you know whatever it is so you loop around and do your thing yep. the other thing is i had a friend that that pulled into his house and you know people had waited they knew that he had cash on him and it was the old garage door thing. Yeah. Opened yeah. up the garage door, pulled in. Guy came in while the um, garage door was up and he was, you know, and he got out of the car and bang, they got him. Yep. And yep. they, they yep. took him for that plus some jewelry and stuff yep. that was in his house. So, you know, imagine what it's like to tell your wife, your family, your kids, like, hey, when you be aware of all of your surroundings and when you pull in the garage, stay in your car close the door, watch your mirrors to see if anybody comes underneath the door. It's just, it's stuff like that. I mean, yeah, we still have to be aware and that's now it's just more of like, if, if you're in any type of a business, that's a cash business, those are things that, that you should be aware of, but that's, you know, that's what we deal with on a daily basis. When you walk out from your store or from your office, I still do it because people just assume that you're in cannabis, that you've got hundreds of thousands of dollars on you. Yeah, I don't. It's in your pocket. That's what we, exactly. we, we had. Yeah, we had Big Mike on, and then uh, you know, Big Mike is uh, he's big. It's not. It's not like one of those nicknames. So like, you, know, you call somebody big, and they're really not. Mike is a very large guy. And I asked him. I was like, dude, you had a security guy that was larger than you with you. What do you need a security guy for? You're huge. Who's gonna fuck with you? And he was like, it's for that reason because 
you know, he's out there, you know, talking about, you know, private jets and cars and all that stuff. And people are going to stick him. So he's right. a dirty guy uh, next to him all the time, too. I had a question for you about the uh, counterfeit market. So mm-hmm. my my uh, my uh, business partner, he used to be in the toy business. Uh, he used to be in like uh, uh, all the different uh, toys from Marvel and all that stuff that we would make in China. And, and he had the hardest time uh, making sure that these are legit products. Uh, do you see that as a you know a, an issue for a PV or people are making counterfeit products? Huge problem with that. Huge. And that's why we went to Neurotags two and a half years ago. We started through social media where people were talking about, wow, this doesn't taste right. Hmm. Michigan, 350,000 cartridges a month in just Michigan. Hmm. And the next bit, the next company below us does around 20 to 25,000. So there's a big gap in the understanding of how big PV is in Michigan. We can't keep up with the demand and have not been able to because it's just so big. Hmm. What happened was, is we started seeing on social media, very active and people would say, Hey, um, did you guys do something different? This doesn't taste right. There's something with this and there's something with that. And, 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 and we pay attention to that. So we immediately started pulling product to see, you know, as we were pulling it through uh, packaging and having things tested to say, is there something going on maybe in the equipment or something? Because our, the, right. the formulations have never changed. Mm-hmm. And it was like, no. And then one of the, one of our um, customers had found out through the grapevine that somebody was making counterfeits. Mm. And I can tell you, I mean, my son and I immediately were on plane out there and we spent two weeks and I have videos and we worked together with the um, uh, Michigan police department huh. and they had a task force that literally was formed around our PV situation. Hmm. And, yeah. um, and we would go into stores and find the counterfeits, which wasn't hard. Right. And then we right. would let the police know they would go and they do what they do. And we did that for two weeks, just my son and I, and then we hired four people and that's all they did for about a year and a half. And, and then we went to narrow tags and educated everybody on how to scan our boxes um, and packaging to know that it's real. And, and there's a rewards program and stuff that's built into that as well. Huge problem. And the biggest problem that for us was the fact that we didn't, and this was coming during the vape gate and all this stuff that was going on. We didn't want anybody to get hurt. Yeah. And, And just recently we had another flow about uh, two months ago and somebody had, had brought in stuff. They, they copy your packaging in China. Uh, all our packaging, everything is made here, but you can send a box to China and they'll, they'll do almost exactly the same. Right. Right. The funny thing is, is that they, they, on some of them, uh, they spelled marijuana wrong. Cannabis was spelled with an A. Yeah. So if you ever, if <laughs> anybody ever gets their packaging and their their PV product, and it says like cannabis with a K on it or yeah. something like that, or a UIS, uh, you know, you know it's not legit. Yeah. Right. And um, so you know, thankfully we had the ability to reach out to the people in Michigan and and deal with this this the police. And they were very, very good. I mean, conversations, communication was great. It was very open. Um, They would let us know when they were raiding a store um, that was selling our our fake product. And and it also allowed us to 
to be with the with the the understanding for consumers that it was open enough with the police department that we were on to make sure that this was being handled and not just letting it go. This oh, isn't right. like a fake Louis Vuitton, you know what I mean? Or, you know, yeah, fake even, shoes. This yeah, is different because people are consuming this. The worst possible scenario is that somebody consumes something, has an adverse reaction, ends up in the hospital and has a serious illness or death. Now the headlines are going to read vapes kill yep. or cause a stroke and all that stuff. Well, that's already happened. Yeah, and you don't yeah, want well, it hurt, and they yeah. try to do the whole industry again. That's why we had the, yeah. the vape uh, issue as well. So, how great is it that we're in a position now that we can actually go hand in hand with the police? <laughs> it's amazing, and and deal with this. You know, I mean, listen, I I was you know uh, six years ago, I was in I was in jail for a night because of this, right? And now I'm literally I'm, I'm dealing with the higher ups in the police department in Michigan, and they're and we're working together as a team. Great. to deal with this stuff. Once again, it's a milestone that uh, I never would have guessed would come as this soon as it is. Right. And, and look where we're headed. Yeah. Now it's we have Southern states like Virginia legalizing. It's amazing. Like uh, I think uh, we're going to tip the scale of Virginia. You ever thought of it, you know, exactly. But, Virginia. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> but George, so we have, when we have guests on, I usually ask three questions of our guests so uh -huh. I want to see if you're, they're really, really difficult. So uh, hopefully okay. you're oh, ready like and you, yeah, it's going to be really, really hard to answer. So just get ready. Uh, 53. Like, like math. <laughs> like, 53. Think of math. I'm, I'm 53 <laughs> and I'm six foot. Now, <laughs> well, that's, 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 the, that's the first question. <laughs> the last question is a guess I, and you can guess my weight. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So Boxer. first question is, please. <laughs> wrong <laughs> uh please describe your first experience with cannabis my first experience with cannabis it never goes away i'm telling you i was um i think it was 14 13 or 14 i can't remember i was well what and i was i, I was in school i stayed until i didn't finish high school i stayed at the level i was supposed to but i don't remember the age of seventh grade is it 12? 12 or yeah, 13? Is yeah, 12, 12 13. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I was, in, I, was, I was a swimmer all mm -hmm. through school. In junior high, my uh, good friend, we were all swimmers. His next door neighbor, which was a, a varsity swimmer. Of course, you look up to the varsities. Um, they were having a party. And his older brother was at the party, so they allowed us to come over. And like, right. again, I mean, I think we're 12 or 13 years old. Right. And they were smoking weed. And I was, you know, we were just, there was girls, the whole thing. And then these swimmers, these were like, you know, these are state champion swimmers that were there and they're smoking cigarettes, drinking beer and smoking weed. And I just remember one of the guys was, you know, like here, you're going to take a hit off this. And of course, you know, I, I, as sad as it is, there was, you know, people talk about peer pressure. Yeah. There was, I didn't. I didn't have peer pressure. No, I was like, okay, I don't <laughs> yeah. even know whatever it could have been. You were like, I was, I was going to take it. Yeah. And I remember, you know, smoking and it was at first it, I didn't know what to expect. And then you're trying to be cool and there's high school girls there and all this stuff going on and all these guys. So I'm trying to be cool. And then it started to started to take effect. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, 
I think that was my cool moment. Like in this, this, you know, one of the few that I've ever had, that was that time because I had so much fun with that. It was the great, it was a great experience in that way. And then I remember we left there. I was so high then I didn't really know what was going on in that way. And he had a fort in the backyard that wasn't your typical fort. It was actually dug underground. Wow. So we went into this little underground fort or whatever, and we had taken all the roaches that these guys, you know, and whatever they had left. And we had them in a little, we had them in a little, uh, you know, the cellophane from a cigarette pack. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so we had them stuffed in this cellophane from the cigarette pack. Right. And um, we would go into this fort. They were, you know, probably five or six or whatever it was, but we'd go after, after swim practice and we'd go down in this fort in the back back there and we'd, you know, smoke a little bit of a roach, <laughs> you know, that was I when like I first scavengers. Started. Yeah. I used to have a roach box from everybody. And in desperate times, you just go I, into a roach box. <laughs> I literally lived on roaches because, yep. you know, we would get them from his older brother. Um, we'd scour his room and take, take whatever, <laughs> whatever little bit we get. That was my, that was my first experience. That's and awesome. I, I, was, I was yeah, I mean, I'm glad that it wasn't a damaging experience because yeah. um, I've had a lot of people that, that probably got too high. And, 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 and I can tell you so many people that had never done it and try and did edibles and they'll never touch it again. And, and I'm, uh, that's, that's too bad because that's, that's not what the experience should be. No. And that's one of the reasons why we have our business like to help people, you know, optimize their experience. So it's more aligned with them. John's experience was not a positive one. His first one. No, it's terrible. He persevered. He persevered and decided to keep on trying until he had a good one. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's okay. Now I'm okay. Just, <laughs> now it's, you know, it's as long as ever. I smoke roaches, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> real roaches. Yeah, real roaches. Little roaches with roach. With so, roach. Um, all right. Uh, John and I are music guys. We're, uh, you can see behind me, we're uh, vinyl and music. So is there a song or an album or a genre that sort of you go to that you like to listen to, whether you're consuming or, or not? There's a couple. You know, it's one of those things that, and I'm, you know, there's some things that I'm not proud of. There's some drugs that I've done that I'm not proud of. And, and marijuana has never fit that category, but there were times that you would do things. Um, but when I can tell you this, and it's probably pretty cliche, mm-hmm. there's two albums for sure mm-hmm. that if I was, I used to love to just get high by myself mm-hmm. and some people don't associate with that, but Pink Floyd, Dark Side, probably that or or um, or money, probably one of the best albums. And if you've ever watched the movie, bar none, great time to just sit back, enjoy the music. Nazareth, Hair of the Dog, another yeah. great album. Yeah. Yeah. I love Cheap Trick at Budokan, mm-hmm. another great yeah. album. That's a classic. And classic, yeah. Oh, dude, listen. And my. I want you to want me. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. God, I wanted that so bad. I <laughs> but I think if if I were to really put it together, it would definitely be Pink Floyd, um, Nazareth, and Cheap Trick. But one of my all time, all time favorite is Meatloaf, Bad Out of Hell. 
Oh yeah, meatloaf. I, you I cannot. If you if you've ever if you our our problem now is that nobody has time for anything. Right. It's like I everybody needs stuff now. If yeah. you ever get yeah. a chance to just sit down and just experience that album, mm-hmm. um, and I, I mean, there's so like many. an old man, but like just like Paradise by the Dashboard Lights, like it's a great story. Oh. Like they don't yeah. sing stories. That's what anymore. I'm saying. It's, it's a like, story. It's a great yeah, it story. Is. It's got like Phil Rizzuto in the middle. Doing it's one of those albums play. that, yeah, it's one of those albums that you, it, it tells that whole story all the way through. Yeah. Uh, every single time that I, I think of Meatloaf now, I, I think of Fight Club for some reason. <laughs> it just comes up in my head. I'm like, oh shit, Meatloaf Fight Club. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, and you go back to some of those movies and Rocky Horror and there's so many things that, that I associate with our parents would say the same thing about right. yeah right how we are let's see i'm a little more fortunate because my wife is 25 my oh, wife wow. is 25 we're having twins by the way oh wow congratulations yeah oh, that's amazing <laughs> that's crazy 25 <laughs> yeah two twins okay that'll be interesting good, good for you man I'm sh- they're so, gonna get into so, the family business <laughs> so i get infused in that genre too you know what i mean which she welcomes me <laughs> at that level but I have to tell you, like, there's no, you know, like you talk about with vinyl and you talk about, it was always an experience yeah. to put a record on, to do that. You know, back in the day, my parents, it was, it was eight tracks. Yeah. And and it's like, I'm telling Chong about, you know, my parents had all their stuff mm-hmm. and then listening to the Carpenters and, you know, just, I would sit for hours and this is eight tracks. Right. And, and just pop one in and, and away you go. You enjoyed that side of it. Now it's, you know, you know, no offense, but the music is so, um, our stuff is timeless. Yeah. There's so many things now that you'll never hear it again. It it won't, there won't be, there's no memories. I think in a lot of ways with, with a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's it's hard to create album nowadays. It's all about like, can you get a a song out stream it and down and that's it. You don't have those albums with liner notes yeah, i wonder that like I, if our kids like let's just 50 years from now and our kids are on a podcast whatever in space wherever they are yeah and they're talking about what they listened to when they were kids and they're like oh you remember harry styles watermelon sugar high i mean what the hell are they gonna talk about <laughs> they're not gonna talk about, <laughs> talk about bieber they'll talk bieber. about bieber they might talk about yes. billy even, but even then it, you know even then when you talk about bieber like you know, as bad as it is, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm a bit of a fan, and the reason reason being is that there's there's always a background to yeah. what he's doing, yeah. and there you know, and now you can see some people starting to recreate, um, uh, you know, like creating stories behind the albums, and yeah. and um, that was the that was, that was the big thing, you know, f- I think for for everybody was back in the day when. I mean, when an album was dropping, like yeah. Kiss, yeah. Kiss dropped some of the best albums and the tattoos and all the things that came in that album. It was always like, w- as soon as this thing drops, you know, nowadays you don't really have any of that. Like yeah, it's just not there. You have NFTs. They're going to start dropping NFTs. Uh, when I just, you a just, just got involved, actually really crazy. Just got involved with Art Grails the nfts that are that are coming out i don't know if you know as far as artists like alec monopoly mm-hmm. and if you know yeah i know who that is yeah. but he's an artist that's that that is just 
exploding. Yeah. So it happens down, to yeah. be that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Alec. Yeah, I actually saw him do his work. I'm, I'm an artist sometimes, too. But he had a house in Beverly Hills and we uh, and uh, my friend and I were walking at his garage open and he was showing us how he does everything. That was whole technique. Crazy to paint out. Yeah, it's really, really cool. He's getting anyway. So we we became friends with his brother mm-hmm. and his brother started this NFT thing. And I'll be honest with you, I still don't even know <laughs> what NFTs are. But we bought into the company and it just went on. It was on uh, New York Times um, sold. Yeah, an article. Um, they sold their article. Yes. Yeah. And and so I can't say how much money we made off of this, but we still, made a lot of money. We still don't <laughs> even know what it is. You don't know what it is, but you made money off no. it. It doesn't matter. No. It and, is so crazy. And so it is because they dropped the... Um, the latest one was is the watch. That's what's up for bid, and that I think it's up to right now. It's up to like nine million, hmm. and um, but it yeah. got shut down because of um, hacker hacking. In six hours, they did like almost fifteen million. Hmm. Wow! And I get a call from from his brother, and he's like, "Do you know how much money you just made?" Oh my God! Like, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. And it's just, I still don't know what NFTs really truly are. Right. But do a whole episode. I just learned. And now I'm like, why am I not in this game? Yeah, it's crazy. It is. It's absolutely crazy. He just signed the Kardashians to do their NFTs. Um, LeBron James. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, LeBron James. And then that, the cat that has the, pop tart coming out of its ass i mean i think sold for the 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 high one was 60 million wow i mean the new york times guy that's what i mean he just wrote an article and then made an nft out of it and he i mean in the first day he made uh seven hundred fifty thousand dollars something like that yeah so i mean yeah and it's all going to charity in that case but i told cody i said i said listen i hope this isn't one of those things that all of a sudden people start start suing everybody you know what i mean yeah, this could yeah. be like uh, remember the opti grab from the jerk. Oh right, right the jerk. Uh, <laughs> right the the glasses that go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the opti grab. Yeah, I said shit. I hope something doesn't happen and everything. I know, it almost seems to, anything that's too good to be true always is too good to be true. It almost seems like it's all right. The first the bottom will like fall out. Any pyramid, any pyramids. The first people in, they'll come out clean, and then everybody, everybody else, else will gets take the fall. Like as soon as I get involved, it's we're in good enough. In exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, Last. What has cannabis meant in your life? Peace of mind and freedom in a weird way to say freedom now. Um, and, and the peace of mind is, um, you know, sometimes you're doing things, you're not sure if you're doing something that's good and that it's helping people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you see these guys and I'm not, I'm not the tree hugger, you know, whatever, but when you know that you're doing something dirty, when you know that it is only about money, mm-hmm. um, you can't have a peace of mind. And I can tell you where I'm sitting right now. And I've spent the last two days. When you see people using cannabis, especially nowadays, I've always said there's a reason that you're using cannabis. Recreational, what does that mean? You know, it's the same thing as drinking a beer, you know, smoking a cigarette, whatever you want to call it. But everybody has something that they're using cannabis for to feel mm-hmm. good, to sleep, 
to curb the pain, to lessen the inflammation. There's like so many things that we all use cannabis for. And if you ever sit in a store and watch people, listen, the typical person walking through that door isn't your guy that's there to go, bro, I just want to get some, you know, some weed and get high. No, I can tell you that's was the greatest thing about owning stores in the past is dealing with people and understanding that it's helping in so many ways that most people have no idea. Even people that have been using it forever in whatever fashion, they don't get it until you're in the face of somebody that has PTSD or has had, you know, something else going on and pain and Mm -hmm. somebody that loses an arm in a tragic accident or, you know, something, something there, somebody that has those ghost pain, nobody, unless you have face to face with them understands how much this is helping people in every way possible. So I have, and I'm super fortunate to have my family involved and to experience that peace of mind to know that we're not doing something harmful and our give back is, is crazy. The freedom side of it is yes, it is. It is now to know that we really are free to do this and to exploit. And I'm say that in the, in the positive way, all of the things that cannabis has to offer in a freedom, you know, way where I'm sitting where I'm at and I'm not worried about somebody police coming in and, and, and arresting. Could it happen? Yes, it could. But um, I'm not worried about it the way that I used to be. So peace to mind and freedom. I mean, it's, this is cannabis and, and um, man, we're just, we're so lucky to be a part of this. And I just had a big meeting with some people and, and and I just, I want everybody to really understand how fortunate we are to be in this. And I, I say it's a movement. It really yep. is a movement. Is there bad players in the game? There yeah. absolutely is people with the wrong intentions. And should you make money? Yes. Why not? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Of course. Of course. I mean, you, there, there's nothing not wrong e- with that. It's just not easy money. That's for sure. Yeah. But you're all, but no. you also connected to the purpose. And when you were talking about, you know, having your family and, and coming from where you came from, but the purpose is also connecting to the, the plant and the positive, the therapeutic wellness aspects of the plant. So, and right. that's, right. that's sort of the difference between, I think a lot of the other players are coming in with a money grab, not saying they won't be successful financially, but they don't have the connection to, the actual plant and the therapeutic properties and what it actually does. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have the people that come in as we have through the black market. And I understand, you know, in, in the beginning, if I call it the beginning, you know, you take yourself 15 years ago up to, you know, up to five years ago, mm-hmm. there was no stability whatsoever in this industry. Right. It was right. literally rake up as much money as you can and go. That was the mentality because right. everybody just, everything was short time. You didn't know how long until this was going to happen. Yep. How long until they catch you? Yep. You're d- doing everything you can. Yep. We came into yep. it with a long-term mentality and, and that's what took us to this point. Other people, it's, it's a fast life. If they made a hundred thousand dollars, 80,000 went to a new car. Yep. You know, yep. if they made a half a million dollars, 400 went to buying a new house 
and then the rest went back in and and then people were fighting because they owed people money and 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 so everything was short term our reason was we didn't spend a dime of our mm-hmm. money unless it was just to pay uh, you know a bill and right. stay afloat and every single dime went back in guy we built a company from three motorcycles six lights in a garage to 150 million plus dollars a year and we never took one loan from anybody we never right. had a front we if people would come in and into our stores and want to give us you know 10 15 pounds and pay us later we never ever did that we right. never took outside right. funding we didn't have any angel funding we didn't have family and friends that gave us money and today we don't owe a dime for anything that we own hmm. at all that's great and 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 you know and that's that's yeah. that's the freedom on the other level that right. um that i don't have to hide from people because i owe them money yep yeah a lot of people in this industry <laughs> definitely yeah. do you're absolutely yep. right all right so one more uh we call it a bonus question. It's one of my oh, favorites. John, John I love this. No, you came in now loves this question now. I like, I like the bonus question. <laughs> and then, and then after that, we'll, yes, yeah. you, I brought this. We can do that. To do this. All yes. right. Well, let's do it. All right. So let me ask a question and we can do it. Uh, but right. what are you going to have to now explain it? Because you, you probably have to swab, but you're going to have to register before you, you ship it. Uh, and I'll explain yeah. it. Let me ask the question. So please describe what your room looked like growing up. My room. <laughs> yeah. If you can remember any room. Oh, no, have. I can. I can remember. First and foremost, in, in the early stages, I had seven. There were seven kids in our family. Mm. So I lived with three of my brothers above our garage. My dad built us a huge loft um, so he could keep track of all of us. I think I grew up with um, two fair faucet posters that I even to this day, I swear you could touch the nipple. For some reason, that was always the thing is that they had said that in that poster, they had, you know, she was one of the first ones to like have that poster with her nipples. Yeah. Obviously in her bathing suit. But they said that that you could touch it and and that they had raised it. (laughs) I I love that. that thing. I think my brothers may have put something behind it. Um, When I finally had my own room, which was later on. I was big in skateboarding. My room was covered in posters. Mm -hmm. Like literally there was no, no space for my wall. And it was just, I I think it was probably more of a typical, a typical room. I had a lot of uh, skateboard posters surfing. And then I had one wall that was all kiss. Nice. An alternate kiss. Right before COVID, I was uh, at the Arclight in, uh, in. Rest in peace. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it shut They're down. But I, that down yeah. yeah, I know. It's crazy. But I ran into Gene Simmons and uh, and he was so nice. I walked up to him and uh, said hi. And he shook my hand and introduced me to his wife and all that stuff. So I, you know, just had a, had a kiss moment. Plus, when I was in in Detroit and I was speaking uh, at a conference, I was actually speaking on the same stage that Kiss performed. So I walked out. And I like went Detroit Rock City and nobody knew what I was talking about. And the, the mayor uh, that was running for, uh, not the mayor, the governor, uh, the lady that was running for the governor, she was there on, on a panel with me too. And had no attention. I did a podcast at MJ BizCon 
And then as I was leaving, Gene Simmons was coming in nice. to do his podcast. <laughs> and so I was with my wife. Keep in mind, at that time, she was 23. <laughs> I walk out, Gene Simmons. Gene Simmons is standing there. Yeah. And I'm just like, keep in mind, I'm a fucking huge Kiss fan. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I want to go up and hug this guy. So I go over. He comes over. Super nice guy. And is shooting the shit. My wife, she had already taken off, like was walking to go get in a cab or whatever it was. And I'm like, hey, you know, come back here. So she comes over. And, you know, Gene Simmons. He looks, sees my wife, and he's all of a sudden, I don't exist. Yep. I'm not even part of the I'm not even part of the equation anymore. I, I go, I gotta get a picture. So this is this is my picture with my oh, wife nice. and Gene Simmons. Nice. Yeah, you're you're definitely not in the picture. <laughs> yeah, he's like pushing you. Shannon out. Tweet. No, Shannon Tweet. That's his he, wife, Shannon he's Tweet. He's got Shannon Tweet, yeah. Yeah. So so he goes, Hey, this is cool and all. But I just need a picture with your wife. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that makes sense. Nice. There you go. <laughs> and did you, did and he, he goes, hey. So I, I said to my wife, she comes over and she goes, who was that? Oh, God. Oh, oh no. That's a Gene Simmons. And here she is taking a picture. She didn't even know who he was. He asked to take a picture with her. Oh, wow. There's, there's the picture. Brilliant. She had no clue who that was. That's hilarious. Like, this is the, that's it's like one like, of my legend. Yeah, well, that is so funny. Literally, Larry is a legend. Yeah, yeah, I for sure. No, that's Maybe she with thing. his with his makeup on, going like, you know, I can't do it with the tongue. Oh, yeah. He had no clue. <laughs> yeah. He has no clue who Kiss is, what they've ever done. Makeup, no makeup. Doesn't even know a song from him. Right. Wow. Yeah, it's like my daughter. Do you want to do the? Do you want to do the kit? Yeah. Yeah. What does he have to do? Should we just open it? Yeah, just open it. Let's let's see let's see if the instructions All right, are so right now really clear. Go ahead, John. Do the play by play. Yeah. So George <laughs> is now opening up the package. He's holding it up. We don't know what's inside, but we have a we have a faint idea that it is the Endocana kit. Boom! There it is. This is like an unboxing. So I was fortunate. This is like an unboxing. I was fortunate to have you on my podcast, and I told you I really wanted to do this. Yep. And so simple to get this. Honestly. Yeah. And I once again, thank you. Thank you for the code to get this. Yeah, I would have done it sure. either way, to be honest with you. So he's opening it's, up the it, box. It's an endocana DNA kit. It yes. it was very well delivered. UPS was very efficient. Um, yes. Even went to Needle, California. It went to San Diego. I brought this with me. Oh, cool. Okay. You brought it with you. That's how important it was. I saved this. I saved this because I knew we were doing we were we were right. doing this. Yeah. And I said, well, I want to do it. Here we'll have to bring you back on to do a, a play-by-play of what you ended. Yeah, up. your DNA is All the right. key. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, so I, I mean, I can just say number one is to register, which I've already registered. I don't know. No, you're going to register. Have- so you're going to register. You're going to go on my DNA live. You're going to register your specific kit with your license key. And the reason why is because it's HIPAA compliant. And every that license key, that code right there, right that belongs to you. Uh, so okay. we will never know that the, if you mail your DNA and you don't register, it'll we'll not know that it belongs to you. So that key, gotcha, is really important. so. I will do that. Yep. So now, what's in the box? It gives you instructions. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a there's a top piece to this. Yes. Which you can reach through, I guess. But yes. that's very important because it has your key. 
here is the kit, yep. correct? Correct. With the swab. Correct. So do you want to walk me through this? I just open this up. Just open it up. Okay. So I, I have it open. Yep. This is Pull this is the swab. Now yep. what's the next yep. step? You're gonna swab your cheek in a circular motion one side, then the other side of your cheek, then you're gonna unscrew it and you're gonna screw it back into the vial that has the reagent in there. Okay. So one side here. How many times? Four, five. There's instructions okay. on there. This is not a COVID test. <laughs> Don't shove it Much in your nose. Much simpler than a COVID test, yeah, right? Super simple. So there, I've swabbed. Yep. He's swabbed. Yep. Unscrew it. Now, unscrews it. Now, unscrew. Then screw it back in. Put it in the wonderful solution. Then you screw it back in. And you're done. That's what she said. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Now you're going to just uh, register right, uh, and you're going to put it back in the box and in the, the self-addressed, yeah, in, the, in a bag. And this is just because, just in case it leaks, mm -hmm. uh, and you're going to put it in there and uh, that's said. it. I would take uh, a picture of uh, your code just uh -huh. in case it gets lost in your vial and, and that's it. Just uh, register and ship. And there's a self So we have, envelope. The, yep. this is the shipping label. Yep. This is the envelope that I'm going to yep. put the bag in. Yep. And that's it. And you can put the, the bag oh, in, in there and just ship it in there. Okay, perfect. Guys, yep. I mean, come on. Done. How easy is that? <laughs> so easy. And then you're going to get this incredible test back, which I've, yep. I totally went through and have. Well, I'm going to do it with Georgia. Day. When he gets his results back, I'll go and I'll, I'll go, go over his results. Awesome. That's super easy. Don't ever compare this to a COVID test. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? No, it's not <laughs> there's, painful. It's not there's painful no pain anyway. involved in this. Yes. You just put there's in no your, pain involved in this at all. There's happiness yeah. and joy. Thanks, George. Where can people where can people find out more about you, PV, podcast? Where where should people go? Anything about us is is houseofplatinum.com. That will take you to all of our platforms. Literally every single platform that we have. It gives you our CBD website, which is just going crazy right now, wow. in all honesty. Um, and then, the you know, the PV Unfiltered, yeah. um, there's some good fun stuff that, that's on there. It's, it's, we, we want that to be entertaining, but also the, the, the main premise for the podcast as we did it was to get people to know that, listen, everybody does cannabis. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we're in this time now where, you know, we used to have to be like, oh, shit, our parents smoke. You know, nobody would say anything. But 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 I have football. I have NFL players on. I have, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, I have Jordan Belfort. Like, yeah. there's yeah. so many people that cannabis that need to know that cannabis is it's OK. Yeah, It's not the monster that people have always made it out to be. Right. And then same thing for our React Foundation, which is huge. Same products go through our React Foundation. It's the same products. It's just that we are able to to donate to these foundations, especially now with everything that's gone on this last year and a half um, with COVID. And right. and uh, there's just such a need for supporting the vets, um, supporting animal shelters, and uh, world hunger. There's you know there, we have all these that that we donate to, um, and, and we're super happy for that as well. George, thank you thank so you much George. for being on. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. This is great, man. Thank you for the shout out. Thank you for doing the, the swab. Uh, be happy to come on and uh, go over your results with you. 
And uh, yeah, so this is the next thing that 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 is in the works for me. I mean, I know this whole COVID thing, but somehow I want to get a select group of people together on like a panel. I know we've done this. Uh, You know, you've sat on them. I've sat on them. I want to get a select group of people together that tells people how to deal in cannabis. And I mean, your view, which is absolutely and story. It's imperative that people, if we're doing this the right way to get this out to people, it needs to be on all levels, not just someone like myself that's plant touching. Right. It needs to be so that people really understand how it is for everybody. And I think to talk about the ups and downs, the ins and outs of cannabis, more so on a real level of how it works for, for, for me, myself, for, for us. And then to talk to somebody like yourself that is, you know, obviously doing amazing things with what you, you are doing and what you guys are experiencing I'll reach well, out. I'm in. To I'm in. So whatever in. it is that you want to do, um, I'm in. You I think it's in. just, I think, I think there's, there's information that needs to go to people sure. that are exploring cannabis on every level, Negative. not just consuming, but maybe just wanting to, to, to get into the industry. Sure. We owe, I'll host we it. We owe it to people. Absolutely. That's, yeah. That would be bad. Let's do it, man. <laughs> All let's right. Do it. Let's do it. It'll be fun. <laughs> George. Perfect. Thanks, George. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. I'll be talking to you. All right, man. All right. See you. See ya. Great long interview, which is fascinating. Awesome. One of the real success stories of the industry. Yeah, I love it. I love hearing that yeah. because there was a lot of parallels of what he went through, and he stuck with it, and, and yeah. he's doing it for the right reasons. So I, I love hearing that. Uh, so I was invited on a clubhouse. Uh, oh. Are you on Clubhouse? I am, but I never do it. I, I don't even understand Clubhouse. It's really annoying to me, but maybe because I'm old, I, I don't know. I get invited to be on stage in this in this room, and I, for those of you that know how Clubhouse works, people host these rooms. You go into a room. Sometimes they bring you on as a speaker on stage, so you can speak. But there's no video; you're just speaking. Yeah. Uh, and so this was fascinating to me because this subject was about different types of conditions, uh, psychological conditions associated with cannabis and what people use cannabis for: hmm. depression, anxiety, and all this stuff. So I was like, "Yeah, great, man! I'll talk about this." There was doctors on this in this room. There was uh, PharmDs, and it was led by a couple of PharmDs. Yeah. This was fascinating to me. They were talking about, does cannabis cause schizophrenia and psychosis? Hmm. And they were, and it was a big, like, and there were like doctors in this thing, and they were debating whether it causes schizophrenia and psychosis. I'm like, we're back to reefer madness. Is this for real? Are we having this conversation? And I was sort of by myself. I had like maybe two other people that were supporting what I was saying. I said, there are, I can only tell you from a scientific standpoint, there are genes that are associated with somebody having a potential of expressing psychosis for sure. A hundred percent. 
high THC with certain terpene profiles can turn that on. Right. Same thing with schizophrenia. Very, very, very small percentage of people can do that. But are they taking cannabis? Right, it just like, magnifies. Would somebody, yeah, right. would something else trigger that? They already have a predisposition. And how many people are consuming cannabis to actually reduce their anxiety and their stress and their psychosis and all that stuff? So is it causation? But it was just mind-blowing to me that it's 2021 with 38 states or whatever it is, Virginia, and we're still having reefer madness conversations. Oh my God, this person smoked a joint and it's like, they're going to stab somebody. They have a psychotic episode or jumping out the window. That's sad to me that that still happens and that doctors are so in the dark ages and they don't even research it. I'd almost love <laughs> to have those guys on my show because I'd love well, to hear gonna, that. We I, should have, maybe we, we should try to have one on your show. We will have one on the show. You had one of the PharmDs on your show. Yeah, that I'm was, but he's a, he's a, he's a true believer, but we want somebody he who's is. anti. I want to hear their perspective. But he's not a true believer of DNA. So right. it would be interesting okay. to have him uh, oh, that would talk be interesting. to him about, yeah. about that. So I invited, I, I invited him. Uh, yeah, already, for sure. But, but I'll try to grab some, some doctors who are anti, who are, who think that it causes uh, psychosis and schizophrenia. Really or people who don't believe that. it should be legalized. Like the, I'm fascinated. I mean, I know there's those, some senators and blah, 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 but like people who firmly believe that like there is something dangerous. I don't know too legal. many people like that. Do you I know don't, people? I've never met anybody. In fact, for another podcast I do, I was asked to find somebody like that. And it's been really hard to find that. I mean, you could, you know, you could probably, get, you know, first of all, a senator or whatever, like a politician would never come on and talk about that publicly. No. So then you have to find somebody who's like, uh, you know, maybe somebody from like a religious group. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know where and maybe, to look. Maybe Tommy. Maybe Tommy knows somebody. Maybe maybe he's ru his running mate. Tommy, if is you're listening to this, yeah, let us know. <laughs> Tommy, if you actually listen to this, Tommy is our editor. If you ever actually listen to this podcast, he listens to all of them. He knows our podcast better than we he know. Does. He's like, oh, remember when you said? Da, da, da. No, I know <laughs> exactly. He's, he's good. So I'm going to share something with you, and this is basically, I was trying to make a decision of what I want to share, and I decided that I wanted to share in tribute, DMX. Oh, yeah. So I believe we didn't, we didn't, we, we didn't really do a show, and I, I really wanted to, but because of it, it took a long time. And we can have this show uh, next to, you know, Top D, uh, DMX Hits or what DMX Men or uh, so I'll, I'll give a little quick story and then I'll, I'll play this. I don't know if you heard this yet, but I believe this was the last recorded single that DMX did. I could be wrong, but this is a song called Fight Back by DMX, Method Man, Nas, and the God Rakim. So I thought it was really cool. I'll play some of it and then I'll fast forward to DMX's part. But I just want to tell a kind of sad story. So right before COVID, months before maybe a year i don't even know like all this time kind of is all one one uh year it seems like even though it's a couple years that's been going on but i went to uh watch a concert of uh old in age and in in terms of uh you know how long they've been around it's a hip-hop concert all ogs so it had epmd it had special ed biz Marquee, uh naughty by nature i'm trying to remember all uh, slick rick amazing show and the final uh, performer was dmx mm. and i can tell you 
not to speak negatively uh, about M- DMX, but uh, he was overweight. Mm. He was sweating profusely on stage, and he actually had to end early, oh, whatever man. his set was, because he was having a hard time getting through his set. Whatever that means, uh, unfortunately, and great performances. I've seen him before. I, mean, I think we know he had some depend. He definitely had dependency problems, and right, maybe too many kids. Um, <laughs> he made great music. He was always very true to who he was. Yeah, it's a tragedy. Uh, I'm surprised in this day and age he wasn't able to find help. But you know, as we know, addiction is addiction, and it's, it's yeah, it's, 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 you don't it's, fuck around with addiction. It's hard, but uh, one of the things that bothered me was that some family members that I saw started posting and saying that uh, it was due to the COVID vaccine. He just got a COVID vaccine. They think it came from that and that causes heart attack. And I just don't think that's, I think the direction that they went with that is the wrong direction. They should really have focused on substance and use that as a platform to maybe help other people uh, instead of going and and blaming COVID vaccine. Yeah. So my opinion. All right, let me play this for you and see what you think. And I'll, like I said, I'll play a little bit and I'll fast forward to when DMX comes on. I'm loaded, but ready to spit a verse. On haters, I unloaded, be ready to get his nurse. I'm about to serve him notice if all of them get him first. Send him down to unemployment, cause homie gon' get his work. Ah. Hot friends, every honey gets stopped in. If she hops in, then more than likely we not friends. Look, I'm locked in. Hit you like Skelly, get top spin. First I pop, then I'm out like Pirelli's on stock rim. Fries in the game, sell a prime to pain. Since Buck was top billing, and Mike was riding the train. Let me once again, it's the darker nigga, then it's Parker nigga, with the partner nigga, but the dog is bigger, under stress, so unless you wanna get blessed to the chest, the slurs from the split for West Best, never pump up with a hurt, on a nigga, dumb six, motherfucker, feet of dirt, on a nigga, my hands stay dirty, cause I play dirty, the mob way, you don't know, I'm at the crossroads, look what I'm not really sure which way to go, should I play the low for what I did the other day, the Yoda way to flow, got me striking this band, I can't stand the thick ass niggas, Wanna be the phantom Looking over my shoulder Cause it's colder than it was It starts shorty Because I'm alone Older than cars And the bars turn the soft But the chain to your brain Would turn that big nigga To a hole down the fort Never get caught If I creep Nigga Yeah I mean much respect He's got such a Distinctive voice I mean he hasn't ever Really come up on any of our Like best rappers Of all time lists I, You no. know he had a moment I think we all kind of Remember that Up like, in here yeah, Up in, in here Yeah he was like Definitely the psych up <laughs> rapper that like i always just remember yeah. like football players talking about how they would listen to dmx tapes before they would play a game it was very um aggressive it's like a very aggressive rap it's not yeah. like it's not low-key all respect to the dead because i you know i respect what he did for the game he was never like on my top 10 list yeah. um but he is a legend and he certainly at one time in his career was one of the most successful rappers if not you know recording artists there for a, like a minute like he was oh huge. yeah sure huge DMX was huge you know you know how i knew he was huge so i was sitting home in philly and uh it, not at home i was visiting my parents and i was uh in their house and i'm hearing music loud music being played outside and it's coming closer and closer and my dad's pulling up and he's listening to dmx 
my dad does not listen to DMX. Wow. And he liked it. He's like, like up in here, here, up in here. I was like, here. man, that's oh my pops. God. That's, that when you, that's when you become mainstream when your pops is like, up in here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, he's got a Russian accent. So that, that oh, was that's close good. Oh, that's good. That's me trying to, do a, trying to do a Russian accent. I can't, it's like doing an Irish. I, I can't even do a Russian accent. And I am Russian. That's my only accent that I can do really well. Really? I can do Why a you Borat. Sign off. You want to say goodbye to everybody on, in Russian? How do you do it? Do you... Vidania. <laughs> but can you Same. do it like a, a Russian accent? Like a... Da, I can do it with the Russian oh, accent. Oh, that's good. No problem. I like it. You <laughs> yeah. sound like... Uh... I, I can do whole show in Russian. If you want accent like in Russian, I can do whole show like this. Now, is that how your father talks? <laughs> And not not exactly a little right. a little bit, but little you can you can sort of like yeah channel yeah. that. That's really good. Yes. That's a pretty damn good accent. <laughs> I'm impressed. That that deserves a, a bong a hit. Uh, that was a boing. <laughs> I'm reading it wrong because my glasses are foggy. I thought that was going to be bong, but it was actually boing. <laughs> this is bong. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, cool, cool, brother. All right, uh, well, packed show. It was an action-packed show. Thanks again to George Sadler for sharing yep. his story. I think we got to get Tommy Chong on the show, dude. For How sure. How do we do that? Yeah, let's, we'll figure it out. Uh, we'll reach out to Paris and ask him. Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton. Oh. We'll get... <laughs> Paris, <laughs> Paris, Paris Hilton. Well, why don't we have Paris Hilton? Paris Hilton. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd like to have Paris Hilton on the show. Talk about the time that I interviewed her back in her prime, right after the the sex video came out. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, have, I have a whole story about that. Okay. Should we, tell, should we save it for our next? Yeah, it's my my ex business partner was wow. part of that whole oh my Paris god sex thing. Ooh. So okay, uh, that'll be yeah. interesting to hear about that. I interviewed her, went to her house. We can talk about. It. I went to her mansion or her fa- her family where she grew up in Beverly Hills, kind of near where yeah. Ozzy lives. Yeah, I'll tell you all about it. Well, let's do a show. All right, sounds good. All right, if any celebrities, if you want to come on, Jordan Belfort. Uh, Please, Wolf of Wall Street. We'll, we'll talk about cannabis. I'm, I'm oh, a fan. Oh, yeah. I love so that, Jordan. If you're listening, man, come on. Any of yeah, you rappers did, out there, too. I think I talked shit. I didn't think I talked shit about him, but I, I think I may have told a story once about me dating one of his nannies. Uh-oh. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got it. <laughs> Belfort, if you listen. It wasn't a nanny. No, you know what? It wasn't a nanny. It was, a, it was an assistant. It was a, yeah, it was Elon Musk's nanny, and it was Jordan Belfort's assistant. That's okay. what it was. My wife was Elon Musk's chef, as long as it wasn't Elon Musk's chef. (laughs) (laughs) I meant the chef. Oh, no. (laughs) It all comes out. Everything is personal. Peace. Celebrity Mr. Carl Reiner has filed a class action suit against Mr. Johnson and his Optigrab. Here's what Mr. Reiner had to say at a press conference. When Optigrab came out, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. And I bought a pair. And this is the result. This is no big deal. It's a parking ticket to me. Only instead of $5, it's $10 million. 
We, the jury, find for the plaintiff. I award to Mr. Reiner and the other $9,987,652 plaintiffs the full amount of the suit. Court is adjourned. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has kind of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects Network.